The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. Let's go, baby! Are you ready for a break? Yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. Hello, guys. Welcome back to the break. Um, we're, we're here. Derek isn't, but we're here. Taking a break. I shouldn't talk crap about him from Derek. <laughs> after what I did. But uh, yeah, don't Talk all the crap you want. He's the boss. Took a little vacation True. there. True. Sorry. It was somewhat of a vacation. Not really, but it's okay. Anyways, we're here to talk some Cowboys. We're going to talk about some of the guys that were or weren't at practice today. We'll get into the Tennessee defense and how that matchups uh, matches up with the Cowboys offense but before we get into that obviously the news of the changes in the offensive line coach happened everyone knows about it but yesterday we did get to hear a few of the starters discuss uh, what this means for the team and for them seeing this change so I wanted to I know you guys who was the one who wrote the story me you did. with an assist from my esteemed colleagues who helped so me with the quotes. So you, you heard things from Lyle Collins, Tyron Smith, and Zach Martin. Different opinions. It sounds like uh, everyone had a somewhat of a different take to it. Yeah, it, I think it, that's fair. It was different. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because you got Lyle Collins saying, yeah, it's everybody. Everybody across the board. You feel responsible? Yeah, of course. You know, we all have played a part in this. And Zach Martin, I think, I wasn't in that, but I think he said similar. The great politician, Zach Martin. Yes. Tyron Smith, do you feel responsible for this? No, not at all. Not at all. That's just the way it happens. It's no one's fault. Um, it's just it's just the way it goes. A little surprised by that, actually. But, um, you know, that, uh, this was not a, a good marriage there at all between this this. Paul Alexander and all his experience and coaching this Cowboys offensive line and all their experience and accolades just wasn't a good fit. And they saw that and they said, we got to, we got to change. You can't change the line, but you can change him. Yeah. And that, I mean, speaking of line kind of reading between lines, when you talk to those guys, like Lyle Collins was like, I don't think it's going to be too different, but we're going to get back to what we used to do. Like, ah, <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, right. And that's exactly what you, Tyron, wait, Tyron, wait, wait. Tyron Smith is like, <laughs> they're like, well, what do you think needs to be better? And he's like, I just need to work on my technique. And that's it. Uh, and that's it. Yeah. Um, well, the technique was the difference between the, sure. the last coach and the new coach. So Did he mean maybe going back to what he was doing yes. last year. Yes. Yeah. That's okay. exactly what he meant. Okay. Like, now to like. It doesn't matter who the coach is. I, I'm just gonna keep doing my thing. Well, I I just I don't think I don't think these guys took to Paul Alexander, and they're not gonna come out and say that. Right. And they shouldn't come out and say that. But it just yeah, Nick's right. It just doesn't it didn't seem like it was a great relationship from the get. I I will say, excuse me. Um, I thought what was really interesting is all of these guys call Mark Colombo Colombo, like that. Like it sounded like they were talking about their bro. You know, like uh um. Lyle Collins called Paul Alexander Coach Paul. And then he's like, yeah, but, you know, Columbo, like, he's been in the huddle before. He gets it. And I was just like, you guys sound like you're talking about your bro. Because, like, that's my yeah. my bros call me Hellman. You know, like, that's a dude thing. And uh, 
So I think I think there is a chemistry there. I think they really like him and that, and want to play for him. That can be good and bad, you know. It can be for sure because now you know he's the coach. He's not just kind of like I'm the GA assistant. You know, I right. I'll talk to Paul guys. I'll talk. Yeah. No, now you're the guy. Right. And, and so that I, I there you know there could be some good there. There could be some bad. We'll see how how uh, Mark handles that. I mean, a lot more responsibility. We were kind of talking to some people yesterday about that and. They, you know, basically said, you know, he needs to kind of calm down a little bit. You know, he's that he's that fiery get back coach type of guy, even though he's up in the booth, which he's not anymore. He'll be down on the field and he needs to kind of to to be able to handle some some issues. So this is going to be a good opportunity for him. And this is what coaches. This is why they, they grind. They spend all those hours so they can be a position coach. This is a great opportunity for him. That's what Tyron Smith said, too. He was like, this is a huge opportunity for Colombo to get this thing moving in the right direction and. You know, who knows what it could mean for him in the future. So, and hopefully it does work out because then you got a real problem there. Because who do you point fingers to? The players now, right? Yeah. I would assume. Well, nah, I mean, if if it doesn't work out with him, if they if they don't get right, right, if you don't see any type of improvement there, I think I think though you would. That's more so the case with like the Amari Cooper trade because it's like. This guy is is considered a really great wide receiver, and if it doesn't work out, then what's the issue? But if it doesn't work out offensive line, they're like, okay, we need to get a veteran coach. It maybe just not right. this coach. Because then again, you've seen those guys have success, yeah. in the past. I mean, if it you have to look at the players too, though. I mean, if it doesn't get any better, yeah, it makes true. you wonder. I mean, it makes you wonder about your tackles for sure. Maybe not to the point that it's like this insane need, but you know, this team hasn't been worried about offensive tackle in yeah. a long time. So, yeah, we'll see. Well, now I didn't want to bring this up because I think it's stupid. But then someone told me to about oh, okay. Jason Garrett and the World Series. Why? Well, I mean, yeah, why? Oh, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I think that <laughs> I mean, he I'm at what? Yeah, no, he go got ahead. to talk about it for the first time. He got asked a lot of questions about it, you know, and, and then the again, he, he got asked about that. Yeah. Something that happened. He like said, I mean, he, a week ago he now. I mean, it's not, I think I timed him. Like his answer was like three minutes long, just talking about that's what you do on the bye week Like that's yeah. You take time away, you try to recharge, get away from the game, uh, relax a little bit, refocus yourself. And then, you know, he had this whole spiel about like beach guys should go to the beach and mountain guys should go to the mountains. I was like, Oh damn. Okay. Well, Are you're saying ba baseball you're, guys. You're a baseball guy, I guess. Sure. Go to the game. I that's Don't say that. What? I'm just saying, don't don't say that. Then that sounds like baseball guys should go to the baseball game. I mean, maybe. baseball fans, I guess. Yeah, I, I'm, that's fine. He's got he basically has, do what you want, what you enjoy doing and, in your off time. And I agree with that one thousand percent. And if anybody, if anyone stayed and worked the whole time during their off time and their weekends and all that, if they do that, then that they should be able to say, well, no, that's not how you do it. But if they if they take time off and not do things that are, you know. For your job, it doesn't matter where he sits, really. I mean, it doesn't I don't think it matters. I don't think it matters at all. I don't think there's a perception issue at all from that. I mean, the perception issue is way before that. Oh yeah. well. And I mean, he 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 no commented on the Jimmy Johnson stuff. He's like, I respect Coach Johnson a lot. That's pretty much all he said. So that's yeah, that's yeah. Oh, I, I I would. I think I people are just like making yeah. issues out of something really dumb and simple. It's like you try to turn something into a bigger issue than it should well, be. That's, I mean, that, that's what I said Monday. That's, that's what, it, that's part of the deal. Like you can roll your eyes at it all you want, but like 
fans spend a ton of money to go to these games and they pour their heart and soul into this team. They, you know, it affects their mood for weeks on end. They care a lot. They freaking listen to 25 hours of podcasts that we put out. So if they're frustrated because they think the coach is bad and he doesn't look like he's focusing enough, like that, they're well within their right to do that. That doesn't mean I agree with them, but Jason Garrett's being paid $5 million a year to be the coach of the Cowboys. And that goes along with it. What? Yeah, you know, you know, I, I kind of had a slight change of opinion in the last thirty seconds, but because so, so many times when when we talk about fans' perspective, I really try to to flip it and and be a fan, and I haven't really been a fan of the Cowboys in like twenty years, so it's harder to do that. But we're all a fan of other things. You're a fan of LSU, of course. Yeah, uh, I'm a fan of Arkansas and other teams or whatever. And you and you try to like, okay, what if I was a fan? What would I like? And I and I've had a similar conversation about this, I guess, in the last few weeks. And I think Dave was actually with me when that happened. When I would kind of questioned uh, a coaching move. It's a good point from my team and and what decision that that coach made. I don't need to get into it all because I don't know all the details. But as a fan, you're frustrated of him as a coach, and then you start finding other things of what why you're upset about. So I get it actually. Yeah. I didn't really get it two minutes ago, but I, I get it a little bit more now of why they would do that. But it, it doesn't stem from anything other than they just wish you had a different coach and you find little yes, things. Absolutely. I mean, but that's part of your right as a fan. Yeah. Like you don't you don't really have a say in what's going on. So if you want to dog cuss the coach for being in a World Series game, go right ahead. Again, I don't think you're right for doing it, but whatever. Right. And Jason if, if Jason Garrett is well within his right to not give a damn what anybody thinks as long as his boss is okay yeah. with it. Because if Sean McVay is sitting you know, courtside at, at everybody a, would think it was incredible at a It'd Mavericks like, game or something at, like that. Like, look at our swaggy coach <laughs> yeah. hanging out with LeBron. He's the best. Yeah. It's just, it's all about whether or not you're doing the job. That's right. It's about whether you're winning. Well, while this discussion was happening, the Cowboys did make a transaction recently and pronounce this one. <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> they signed cornerback Treston Decoud. I was, I'm, I'm like, I'm like, what's weird about that? And then I'm like, oh yeah, I'm from South Louisiana. That's why. Uh, Tristan Deku. The second D is oui. silent. Um, oui, oui. I could have asked you this question like in the last three hours, but I, I didn't. So you're going to LSU, I'll, Alabama on Saturday I'll, night. I will be there. I hope you're feeling good on Sunday morning for other, for various reasons. We'll see. I don't, um, I'm not super but, optimistic, but. I mean, two of the best football games in the world are happening in the state of Louisiana this week. You could Any say, chance that you're going to go to that game? I no, I don't have time. It's I mean the Saints and Rams. Saints and Rams is I think my flight back here is at like four, and I think that game kicks off at three thirty. Oh. Plus, I'm gonna I'm bankrupting myself to go to this LSU game. So priorities. <laughs> um, Maybe you get a two for one. It's about as yeah, it's about as big of a weekend in Louisiana sports history as there is, as there's been in a long time. That's for sure. Um, he had a good tweet the other day about that game, about that Rams Saints game. I mean, the littest littest thing since Clark Griswold's house for sure. <laughs> um, anyway, so, Tristan Deku, he's a he's a day three. You're an expert at that. What the railing conversation? Just gotta sometimes just gotta drive it over onto the rumble strips. It's fine. Um, he's he's a day three draft pick. I think he went to Oregon State. Uh, he was with the Texans. Cowboys picked him up at the start of the season. He's been hanging out on the practice squad. CJ Goodwin. Good, yep. uh, yeah. He broke his arm in the last game, so he's he's your last cornerback on the depth chart. Now they and could then, have brought 
Donovan Alumba up. Yeah. And I'm kind of surprised why you know he hasn't got a look yet. Tyree Robinson's another guy they could have brought up uh, as because this guy's going to play a lot of special teams. Robinson was on the team for two weeks and didn't play in either of the games. Active and didn't play. It's kind of hard to do. Yeah, I mean, that, that just no. We if you're on want. the yeah, if you're on the forty six and you don't get in the game, and you're not a quarterback. Yeah, I mean, you would think you could do something. These guys, you know, Kayvon Frazier's giving up touchdowns on defense. He's kind of tired. You would think, oh, you know, maybe we could put Robinson in on this punk team. Nope, nope, not putting him in. Punt. Punt team. <laughs> Sounded like punk. Um, it, it wasn't. I'm not punk. one to speak when it um, comes to pronunciation, but okay. the club also designated wide receiver Noah Brown returned How to How did practice. we not lead with this? <laughs> you guys. I'm so high. Right. Noah Brown is coming back. He is coming back. Explain the fascination with Noah Brown. I, I mean, at this point, if it's. He, if he just had like really short hair. Would, it's not. He had short hair when he got drafted I don't know. Here. I mean, what is it? Is it's, he because he looks like a tight end? At this point, it's. He's cool. At this point, it's fifty percent. Because shtick. what you've seen from him on the field, and one you can, want to see more. He, yes. Okay. Don't even seen? start. Don't even pull out, pull out stats. stats. No. What, what don't even. How can you say don't even pull out stats when you just said it's what he's doing on the field? He's barely. He's barely played. I'm the idiot for being excited. Not. But that's what I'm saying. Though. No. 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 I'm I, saying when I, for me, for example, when I got to see him on the field, the very few times that we did, <laughs> four times, four catches, <laughs> four like. catches that it, I still saw little sparks of him that made me want to see more. That's what I'm getting at. He has been an intriguing player from the time he got drafted. He left Ohio State. I don't want to put words in his mouth, but it was not a wide receiver friendly scheme. I think he was frustrated. He goes in the draft. He falls because he doesn't have the resume. Mm -hmm. Basically, he's he is a he has got that Des Bryant type build. He's six two, probably two eighteen or two twenty. Uh, he can jump. He can run. I mean, he's not like a burner, but he's he's got moves. And you saw it in the preseason. You didn't see a ton of it in the regular season, but all that goes to he's a good blocker. He can do a lot of things the Cowboys want their wide receivers to do in the run game. And I think he's unique in that he's got a different build from every other receiver out there. He's capable of boxing defenders out. I know the back shoulder ball isn't, it's probably not Dak Prescott's best throw, but he still is a, he's a better guy to do that type of stuff with than a lot of these other guys. Uh, like I said, he can box DBs out on slants and comebacks and things like that. I just think he's got a lot of potential and, 50% of it is is shtick slash hype because we haven't seen him in so long. I mean, he didn't practice once at training camp. He was on you know, his hammy flared up like the first afternoon we were there. So I just I, I, I like his story. I like his skill set. I'm excited to see him get a chance. The, the one thing that, that everyone loved about Dez is just the type of you know, player he was with, with that, you know, build. And every time he was out there, yeah. he, it did look like, from our view, looked like he, it was Dez. Oh, I got confused every, every time. single time. Another time in the offseason, um, we were sitting there eating, and, and I don't remember exactly who it was, but it was like, why is Jalen Smith running routes from Dak? He looks pretty good. Yeah. He, he's back because this guy's running routes. No, that's Noah Brown. So that just goes to show how that's, big Noah Brown is. I've forgotten. Yeah. I've forgotten that because we. I mean, he hasn't been a part of the conversation in so long. But you know, we gave Lance Lenore so much credit for how much time he spent there in the offseason. Noah Brown was right there with him. Noah yeah. Brown was here on Valentine's Day and every day after that working. So 
Yeah, I root for the guy. Um, it is worth pointing out a couple things. They opened his practice window, so that doesn't mean he'll be on the roster for the Titans game. They have three weeks to evaluate him before they have to move him to the active roster. So he doesn't – if he comes back, he doesn't have to be for three more games, I believe, or maybe two Starting more games. Starting the clock there. Um, and that also – start somewhere. That also means that they've used one of their IR to return slots, so – one of the two of Travis Frederick or Terrence Williams is definitely done for the year. Like they can only bring one more guy back. So, and Dayton Jones. And or Dayton Jones is another one. Oh yeah, yeah. I forgot about. I keep him. forgetting about that. Him. Actually, you know, that may actually be something that they consider. Something to watch. Yeah, I'll show sure. you why in a couple. Minutes. All right. Well, let's take our first break, and when we come back, we'll get into who practiced, who did it, and then the Tennessee defense. If you're like me and you love. I mean, if you have a thing, then cutting the cord is scary. But then I found out I could switch to DirecTV now and still get the live sports I love. No satellite needed, no bulky hardware, no annual contract. Just get the live sports you love. Try DirecTV now for $10 a month for three months. Visit DirecTVnow.com. DirecTV now. More for your thing. That's our thing. Use code REALDEAL. Limited time. Price for a little, little package. After three months, we use monthly at full price. Currently minimum $40 unless canceled. Prices may change. New subscribers only. Cancel anytime. Content varies by package and may be limited. Restrictions apply. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to talk X's and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel Will McClay and, of course, with yours truly, me, Brian Broadus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Playmaker, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The Playmaker includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm and a Cowboys can cooler. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word COWBOYS. The Jack Black Playmaker, 10 bucks, free shipping. While a player can look good on paper, it's when he's out on the field that you really find out what he's made of. That's why the Cowboys rely on more than just stats and scouting reports when building their team. When picking a tractor, it's why you should rely on more than just specs and features. You've got to take it out and put it to the test. The Cowboys did when they named John Deere their official tractor. Experience one for yourself. Visit myjohndeerdealer.com slash football. Back to the break. We are back on the second segment of the break. Now, still questions about Jeff Swain. Randy Gregory, Zach Martin. Also, I've seen people asking about Cheeto Babuzier. So I wanted to check out what you guys were able to see in today's practice. Not a lot. Because it's <laughs> just, I mean, it's 15 minutes where they right. run pat and go. But Jeff Swaim was not there. Randy Gregory was not there. Zach Martin was not there. Cheeto's there. Uh, I, I mean, it, it's always something to watch for sure. But I mean, Cheeto, he made it through the last game yeah. and he had a week off. So I'm not super worried about him, but, uh, Swaim, I'm not really worried about Zach Martin either. Like I'll believe he's not going to play when he doesn't play. Um, but so Swaim and Gregory are really two guys that, that I'm watching as the week goes along, which 
just remember, and we we talk about this a lot, but you know, to the people that are listening, they they the weekend's almost here for them because it is Thursday. Right. This is still Wednesday, Wednesday practice for the Cowboys, and it's very normal for guys not to do anything on Wednesday, but then ease into practice Thursday, Friday. As far as the Cowboys are concerned, just set your week back a day. Pretty much. I mean, like, yeah, like I tweeted that out of Garrett's press conference that Swain wasn't going to practice, and so we're get- doing a show Saturday. No, no, we're not <laughs> doing a tailgate Saturday. Uh, people were like, they're like, come on, Garrett, it's Thursday already. Like, if so, you got to get somebody else right. Like, no, calm down. There's still, there's three more practices he would to go. Like, argue with someone, like, really, like, fight with someone, like, back in the coaching office, you know, like, no, it is Wednesday. Like, who was it yesterday that yes. we walked by and was like, oh, you should have dre- uh, saved that outfit for Wednesday? I'm like, it is Wednesday, but. Yeah, talking about like a Wednesday oh, football yeah. schedule. Oh yeah, he was already. Yeah, that's right. He was already thinking this is not Wednesday. This is or Tuesday. Like, okay, have a great Wednesday. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. Thank you, Jason. So out of these two, which is yeah, what he's saying today. Yeah, pretty much. So which out uh, out of these two, obviously Swain would be the biggest question. But as far as Randy Gregory, and I know he's still early in the week, but. Based on the procedure he had and all that, is it possible or likable for him to actually do something this weekend? Yeah, I, th- I mean, I think it's possible. Again, I mean, you know, it's for the fifth time. It's Wednesday in their yeah. world, so I mean, that's it's very normal for a veteran player to miss a Wednesday practice. It's you know, the Thursday Friday practice is going to be the telling one, and then obviously the, over the weekend. I mean, it seems crazy to me that you can have a knee scope. I don't care, you know. Derek tried to argue with me that it's mine. Like, oh, that's not surgery. Like, if somebody's inserting metal objects into your body, it's surgery. So, yeah. uh, it's something to watch. I'll, I'll be, I'll be kind of impressed if he can go. But just, just think about all injuries that you have, whether it be small, you know, sprain or cut or whatever. Twenty-seven to thirty hours later, and most games are played at noon or three o'clock on Sunday. You know, but when you when you're playing at seven o'clock Monday night. I mean that's twenty seven or thirty hours more. You know, later on, a lot of things can change in, in that time. Um, now I understand that you know surgery for for Gregory. I would not expect Gregory to, to play in this game, but somebody like Swain. I mean, a Monday night game is different, obviously different than Sunday. It, and it really, in our mind, it's like well, it's almost the end of the week. But he's still got a lot of time. I wouldn't be surprised if if yeah, that's if a whole may- extra day you get to yeah. get right. Yeah. All right. Now let's move on to. The Tennessee defense, you okay? Um, hopefully this is bad. Um, I mean, I'm saying they, not Ainsworth. Dave's report, but well, I, 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 honestly, when I think defense. of the Titans defense, like I, I just think of like Javon Kurz or Hainsworth. Nick, I, that's Nick is Nick is the king of being like, is it still the same thing from eight <laughs> years ago? Is that you still got? Uh, yeah, Javon Kurz was a hell of a player, though. Yeah, he, he was, was a beast. He was a freak. Um. But they don't have a lot of like star players no, on defense. They Someone don't. Too impressive. They don't. Who's um, their best player? Their best player. They don't have a lot of stars. They do have one of the most underrated players in the entire NFL, in my opinion. Uh, a guy by the name of Jarrell Casey. Defensive tackle. He's, he's their three technique. Well, I mean, they play three four, but he's their penetrating. Just I broke a play all around from him yesterday. He's Telestrated, a, and he is a badass. He's a bamf. Is <laughs> he what we can call get him. him there? He's actually he's one of just bamf. A, yeah, he's a bamf. He's one of just a handful of guys that's left over from this uh, from the last time the Cowboys played 
the Titans, which if, uh, 2014, he had he had uh, two sacks in that game, sacked Tony Romo twice. So he's a guy you got to account for. He's absolutely massive. He's a he's a second team All Pro and a three time Pro Bowler. Uh, he's he's the guy to know because honestly, the rest of this doesn't do a lot for me. So it's I'm I'm conflicted about this. The Titans are 11th in in total defense, 340 yards a game. They have a top 10 passing defense and a middle-of-the-pack rushing defense. They're third in scoring defense behind the Cowboys. So, like, you look at that and you're like, oh, these guys are not messing around. These guys are great. But, like, I don't know, man. I, I didn't see it. I, and that sounds mean because, you know, watch, watch. They'll kick the Cowboys' ass on Monday night now that I've said <laughs> that. But, like, the main thing for me is this is an old defense. Uh, I did the math on it. There are there are four guys on this defense that are 30 or older, and the average age of this defense is 27. And so when I watched them, I just didn't see, like, for example, the Jacksonville Jag, Jaguars. They just fly around all over the place. They got these young draft pick badass players everywhere. And they just look super athletic. I don't necessarily see that here. This is a big defense. So you got Jarrell Casey, uh, Daquan Jones, Austin Johnson uh, are your main front. Benny Logan's in there too, but he's really more of a depth guy. He he kind of fell off pretty quickly, which is surprising. Um, your rush guys are Derek Morgan, who's a longtime Titan. He was on the 14 team. He's 30 years old. Uh, and Brian Arakpo, you know, he came over from the Redskins a few years ago. He's 32. Um, Will Compton's 30. He's inside linebacker. Wesley Woodyard, former Kentucky guy, he's 32. Like, these guys are getting up there. Um, and, like, you know, they're still NFL players, but they just – they don't they didn't jump off the screen at me as, like, just these super-duper athletic guys. Um, the money of this defense is in the secondary. Uh, they have Logan Ryan. They brought in Malcolm Butler from New England, the Super Bowl hero. Uh, I know, like, they're top ten, but there's plays to be made against these guys. Uh, Malcolm Butler, I know, you know, pro football focus isn't everything, but he's ranked 79th in the league among cornerbacks right now. Like, he's having a bad year. He's given up five passing touchdowns. There's Cheeto on that list. I don't know, but Byron Jones is one. He's the number one he corner. Is number one rated corner by them. I know that you know that's not scientific, but that's what they say. Um, they've, I mean, they've given up chunk plays in damn near every game they've played. I looked this up. Uh, they gave up touchdowns of seventy-five and fifty-five to the Chargers through the air. Uh, they gave up a twenty-eight yarder and a thirty-nine yarder to Houston. They gave up a fifty-six yarder to Philly. Most of these coming on Malcolm Butler, by the way, who's their big money guy mm -hmm. who was supposed to be their shutdown. Um, so I have reason to think that there are plays to be made against these guys. And obviously easier said than done with the way the Cowboys passing offense has been, but Amari Cooper's there now. And, you know, I always argue with Nick, like I don't care that much about bombing away, but maybe you should, maybe you should in this game because they've shown a tendency to give those plays up. Uh, they have a Dory Jackson, a Dory Jackson as well. First round pick everybody, you know, they stole him from the Cowboys a couple years ago in the draft, but he's their third corner, which if your second year, first round pick, like that's disappointing in my opinion. Yeah. Um, and their rushing offense. These are, this is the rushing totals they've allowed 120, 147, 
They gave up 87 to Jacksonville, but Jacksonville didn't run that much. They averaged 4.6 yards per carry. 117 to Philly. 144 to Buffalo, although the Bills only averaged 3.5 yards per carry in that game, but they still got to 150 rushing yards. 123 from Baltimore. They completely shut down uh, the Chargers the other day in London, 47 in in that game, but Phillip Rivers was doing whatever he wanted to through the air, so... There's plays to be made against these guys, I think. Like, they're stout statistically, but I think this plays well to the Cowboys' strengths because... Well, you mentioned Casey. Yes, yeah. Now, how is this? how much of a problem is this going to be when going up against Connor Williams? If there's... The one thing that gives me pause is I think their front is big and powerful. I mean, Jarrell Casey, most of all. And, yeah, he's probably going to he's gonna disrupt some stuff. I mean, you remember Connor Williams playing against Kawan Short. He They have the potential to do that. And I think that could be a problem for Connor. I think it could be a problem for all of them, to be honest yeah. with you. And that's the one thing that kind of gives me pause about this. But yeah. I think there's plays there in the passing game. Like, like I said, I mean, they're ranked ninth, and I was expecting to see just this you know, lockdown coverage on tape. And I didn't like teams are beating them with some regularity. Uh, all of their corners, a Dory Jackson gave up one of the long ones to the chargers the other day. So uh, I'm encouraged. I do think, I mean, they're going to have their work cut out for them blocking Casey and, and Johnson. Um, oh, and one more two two names, me being the draft nerd that I am. Like I keep my eye on them because Harold Landry and Rashawn Evans, Rashawn Evans is the Bama linebacker that the Cowboys liked. He, he wound up here. They move him in a lot. And then Harold Landry is the Boston College pass rusher that they got in the second round. And he they're trying to get him involved. And I think it's because they obviously see the end of the road for these guys like Morgan and Arakpo. I wonder how involved he's going to get in this game because he's kind of been a bit player to this point. But those guys, uh, super talented and and definitely worth watching if they get on the field. Okay. Well, I'm liking this. I'm liking this report. I, like, I, I feel like a homer when I say this because, like, usually, you know, people give me crap all the time. They're like, oh, to hear it from Dave, we're playing the 85 Bears. You know, like, I try to pay respect to the opposition, but, like, I watched them play and I, I don't know. I wasn't impressed. Clearly, you would say the Cowboys defense is a lot better. It's be- It's definitely better, in my opinion, yeah. And well, there I think- you go. The Cowboys got that working for them this weekend and playing at home. I think the Cowboys have the favorable matchup yes. on both sides of the ball, on top of the fact that they're playing at home. Nice. All right, let's take our final break, and when we come back, we'll take some questions. So hit us on Twitter at Cowboys Break. While a player could look good on paper, it's when he's out on the field that you really find out what he's made of. That's why the Cowboys rely on more than just stats and scouting reports when building their team. When picking a tractor, it's why you should rely on more than just specs and features. You've got to take it out and put it to the test. The Cowboys did when they named John Deere their official tractor. Experience one for yourself. Visit myjohndeeredealer.com slash football. It's time for tailgate with the Otterbox boys. Otterbox? The makers of those crazy protective phone cases? The one and only. They're also wild about protecting parking lot parties from sad drinks. It's why they made Elevation Tumblers. Rumor around the crockpot is they're made from stainless steel with a copper lining to keep temps hot or cold. True. They even come in seven different sizes, up to 64 ounce. The Growler. Hmm. I like how Otterbox drinks. I mean, thanks. And that's been tailgating with the Otterbox boys. Check out all the colors and sizes of their Elevation Tumblers at otterbox.com. 
Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Playmaker, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The Playmaker includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm and a Cowboys can cooler. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word COWBOYS. The Jack Black Playmaker, 10 bucks, free shipping. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to talk X's and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel Will McClay and, of course, with yours truly, me, Brian Broaddus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. A man's Stetson doesn't just protect him from life's elements. It projects an unstoppable and legendary spirit, just like the men wearing silver and navy on the field every Sunday. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. They are still the official crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find Stetson hats in the pro shop or at Stetson.com today. Back to the break. Let's talk about Tommy John real quick. I think that Jason Garrett has a T-shirt or a sign somewhere over there that says "Protect the ball." That's yeah. what that's what you're trying to do in football. It's really what you're trying to do in life, and that's what Tommy Always. John does. But in this case, you're protecting two. You, it's true. You are for the it's most true. part. You you are. Uh, oh, Amber, two, so, so strong at the ball. <laughs> wow. So good drop, so Ken. That's very good. So Tommy John. Uh, does that uh, as well as anybody. You you want to make sure that everything is protected, and Tommy John can do it better than anybody. So TommyJohn.com forward slash Cowboys, the official ball carrier of the Dallas Cowboys. Nice. Okay. Thank you, Nick. That was good. That was a good one. <laughs> Thank you. That's the first. What? No, I'm just kidding. No, it was good. Just wait. I it got was good. I got okay. Planned for so you. at this time, um, got a game when when – the season, when you have a season going the way it's going for the Cowboys, it gets to a point where you start pointing fingers. And this is something we've talked about in the past, but I've seen several people ask about this. Kellen Moore, how much blame mm-hmm. falls on Kellen Moore when it comes to Dak's performance on the field? You know what? I mean, I, that's the first time that I've actually heard that, like this week after the uh, after Alexander got fired. But I mean, have you heard it a lot? Seen it? Not. I mean, there's a there's people on Twitter that think, hate on Kellen Moore all the time, but yeah. like I haven't heard it any no, more see, than the, I'm. The thing used is, to. is that that kind of regressed last year a little bit uh, from his rookie year, and then and that was you know with Wade Wilson as the coach. The offensive line has, has been really good, and I mean the elite. And all of a sudden, it's not anymore. And what's the difference? Well, new coach, so let's let's change that. So I don't know if you can say all, you know, like, oh, my God, what's going on with Dak? We started to see right. this last year. Um, now, he hasn't helped to the point where he's, where he's a lot better that we see. I'm sure that the coaches will tell you, oh, he sees things. But I think it's fair. I mean, that's fair criticism. And it's something that's where, like, you're on watch. But, but again, Dak was sort of struggling some last year and we we saw that you know this isn't his rookie season anymore it's more of a challenge and you know he was brought in Kellen Moore was brought in to help with that so far we haven't seen 
yeah. big changes there, but they're gonna they're gonna give them. I agree. They're gonna give them a, a new wide receiver. They're gonna give them uh, the, the the old offensive line scheme and back, and we'll see what happens. Now, with no first round pick next year, what's the Cowboys' number one need in the second round? Ooh, quick, draft show real talk. Quick, before Ooh. you get to that, yeah, what's up? Can you? Can you address that Kellen Moore thing? You were about to say something real quick. No, I mean, I quarterback is so weird. It's different for me. I don't like. I mean, we say that all the time. Quarterbacks different, and yeah, I don't know unless unless Dak Prescott was like, you got to get this guy out of here. He's killing me. I don't like. You're not going to do something that's going to upset your quarterback. And I think Dak likes Kellen Moore. I mean, may you know if if this if this doesn't work out at the end of the season, obviously. I mean, Kellen Moore. This is his first year coaching anything, but he's smart enough to know like that's how coaching works. If this season goes south, everybody should be on notice. Like nobody over there should is going to feel comfortable about their job status if the Cowboys don't find a way to win games. But I just you don't do things to upset your quarterback halfway through the season. Like you want him to be comfortable and happy in the environment that he's working in. And so yanking the coach out of there and putting somebody new in is probably not going to make your quarterback happy. So I I can't. I can't think of many examples of a quarterback coach getting yanked halfway yeah. through a season. It just doesn't seem like it's something that happens. What I have never really liked about the, the, this hire is that it, it's one thing that's fine that he didn't really play a lot of games. He played a few games in the league. There's a lot of coaches over there that probably never played any in the NFL. They, what they played was high school and college. But why they're NFL coaches is because they've been around the NFL for a long time. And I just don't think he's got a lot of experience. He he didn't have a ton of experience as a player. He certainly has no experience as a coach. So he's still a young guy in, in, in life. I mean, not just as a coach, but he's still a young guy. And he hasn't really seen much more than Dak. So I just always questioned how much he could really help with his experience. He's obviously got a good mind for the, for the yeah. position in the game, or he wouldn't have won so many games in college and been around and all that. And he I got will, a good grasp of what Linehan's trying to do. I will say this, though, is I think most of, most of the moves that the Cowboys made were in the interest of, like, harmony. It's like we kind of got our backs to the wall, you know, Let's just bring in guys who like who get us, who get what we want to do, who we're not going to be butting heads with. I mean, Kellen Moore comes to mind. He's Scott Linehan's protege. Ben Bloom is a guy who's been here forever. They elevated him. They bring Mark Colombo on. Like the two that stand out in that regard um, are for me Chris Richard and Paul Alexander. And well, Paul Alexander, Sanjay Law, maybe you could throw in there too. Yeah, kinda, doesn't have a lot of ties here. Yeah, I guess I, that, that that is true. You're that's fair. But I would say the difference is uh, Chris Richard's unit is performing really well. Paul Alexander's didn't. So they're like, oh, that didn't work. Let's raise up another familiar guy who, and we can kind of get that sense of harmony back. Although, I mean, the receivers aren't playing great either. Yeah, so but they went and they did. They I mean, went and tried to help him. You're right. They, you know? <laughs> they did. Well, they're probably like, what else do you want us to do to help the offensive line? I, I mean, mean, what else? I mean, all first rounders. There's not a lot you can do to improve the talent I level mean, short I mean, of getting Travis Frederick. Yeah, back. I mean, obviously with Frederick and Looney, but but when they started training camp with Frederick, I mean, I'm sure Max or not Matt. What am I thinking of? Um, the draft, uh, Todd uh, McShay and, and, uh, Mel Kuiper. Kuiper. Yeah. I'll, I mean, I guarantee you they had first round grades on every single guy that was there that was drafted. Maybe not Frederick. Frederick may not have. Yeah, had a first round No, grade. he didn't. Cause they killed him for it. Either and drafted he was in the first round or a first round grade. Yeah. Pretty close. So. 
I just I I always thought the Cowboys made most of their offseason moves in the name of like harmony and like you know what if like if our backs are to the wall and we might get fired we're gonna do it our way with guys that we like and trust instead of like bringing in all these new faces. All right, what was that? Well, they usually don't like doing that. They they like sticking to yeah their own thing and yeah. And well, and it's believing the, that it's gonna work out. It's you know? the classic case. I mean, if it works out for them, that'll good for them. And if it doesn't, yeah, it'll really it'll probably change. But yeah, so who would you pick, or who do you think? Uh, what position do you think is the biggest necessity going into the draft for the second round? People are gonna say tight end, but I'm starting a movement, and I'm doing it right now before oh. the uh, before the off season even gets here. Because you know, we talk about how steep the learning curve is for wide receiver. How about tight end? Like how yeah. how many short of other than Rob Gronkowski, who is in the Hall of Fame right now, if he never plays another snap, how many tight ends like make an early difference? Like really just come on strong and yeah. and are great right out the bat. So well, but how many seventh round tight ends and undrafted guys? I mean, that's what they're. I mean, at least the starting point. Now you can't say that they have not hit on second round tight ends in the last ten years. I did, I'm, well, I'm not even looking at the I'm, in the NFL. How many people hit on tight ends? I mean, you know, OJ Howard, like he's mm-hmm. he's okay, I guess. I mean, uh, right. For all the talk about Dallas Goddard, and I know they have Zach Ertz, but Zach Ertz. So is what a good you're one. saying is, well, hold, let me argue with you there because okay. I'm not trying to get a guy in, in Canton. I want a guy to be better than Jeff Swain. Absolutely. The point I'm trying to make is I want to spend on tight end and free agency. I just, let me get a veteran tight end in here. It doesn't have to even be. Uh, I got your position. It doesn't have to be this huge contract, but uh, case in point, the Bears, the Bears went out and signed uh, Trey Burton. You know, he's like the the third tight end for the Eagles when they won the Super Bowl. He's not not a crazy good player, but an upgrade over what they had, and they didn't break the bank for him. I'd rather just give me a middle priced vet who can do the job rather than I hope thought, for a rookie. I thought the way you were headed was gonna be like, oh, I think by a second year this. Tight ends will develop That's, into I, something no, else. I don't have time to wait for people to develop. <laughs> and I was I, about to slap you. My, but no. my position is defensive tackle. Defensive tackle. Yeah, okay. I like that. Answer. I don't. I don't know what's going on with David Irving. I, I don't expect David Irving to be back. Tyrone Crawford. I, he's been. He's been really good as far you know locker room guy. He's gonna make. He's gonna make a few dollars this next year, and, and with his you know getting up there in age a little bit. I don't think they'll make a move, but I think it's time to start looking at, at some other defensive tackles there. Collins, Malik keeps getting hurt a lot. Um, I could see a position in the second round. That's a good there. one. Yeah. That's a good one. Defensive, you, you didn't actually say yours. Defensive tackle, safety, or, and I don't even like saying this, but I got to figure out what Travis Frederick's future is. Uh, and if the answer is not good, that's something that let's, you should consider let's too. Let's not rule out wide receiver. Either I, I understand you already got your first round pick, but so we got four positions. Well, so just, far just on the list. We'll just. I mean, then hey, that's what they'll do. Investigate and educate, dude. You can't just lock hey, onto one. Cole position. Beasley. Cole Beasley's a free. Could be a free agent at the end of the year. True. You got Gallup. Yeah. Yep. You know, I don't think there, Hearns is long for this. You absolutely could look at receiver. So. Yeah. All right. Well, there you have it, guys. Thank you so much for listening and tuning 25. in. <laughs> For Nick Kidman, David Hellman, Amber Garcia, this has been The Break on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!